from nothing, something came into being at the behest of God's spoken words. Lord God, you know Pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to just bless you in a very real and meaningful way as we share together here for the next several moments. We're jumping into a brand new teaching tonight. It's one we've titled The Man from Morasheth, taken out of the Old Testament book of Micah. And we're going to be talking about the importance of the Word of God. Now, we know the Word of God as the Bible. And I attempt to read this for you in front of you week in and week out. I have now for many, many years. But I just want to reemphasize to you how important it is to know and understand that the Bible is the Word of God. And it is for you whoever you are. It may appear, in fact, it may be addressed to a particular person, a particular group uh, at the time originally. But uh, according to uh, Timothy or Paul through Timothy, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. It's profitable for you. It's profitable to me, to all who will allow their ears to hear it. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I want to read for you from chapter 2, verse 1 of the Old Testament book of Micah, and then we're going to jump right into this. Again, Micah chapter 2, verse 1, and the Word of God puts it this way, Woe to those who plan iniquity, to those who plot evil on their beds. At morning light they carry it out because it is in their power to do it. Look at verse 2, 4. They covet fields and seize them and houses and take them. They defraud a man of his home, a fellow man of his inheritance. Ooh, some powerful words, some indicting words, but I trust that God would use these words to speak to our hearts as we give a less, uh, listen to this particular teaching. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's turned on this telecast by whatever means, whether they're listening live on television or through live uh, repeat through uh, YouTube or whatever the case might be. I pray that by your word that you would speak to their hearts. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, let me just give you a little heads up. There was a little glitch in our audio at the very beginning of this teaching, so it's going to seem like we jump. There's a little pause, and uh, we're going to jump. Uh, seems like a little bit might be left out, but that's very early on in the message. I trust it will flow as smoothly as we've been able to edit it into it. So uh, you be blessed. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Micah, one of the minor prophets, called minor because of the size, not, certainly not because of the content, but Micah is one of the reasons, not all of them, but one of the reasons 
that I encourage all Jesus chasers, whoever they are, to form some habit, watch this, some habit of systematic Bible reading. Now, you may be, and there's really nothing wrong with this necessarily, but hear me out. You may be one of those that uses the flip and find method. You understand the flip and find method? You flip over here and you flip over there and you find some. Or maybe you use the flip and flop method. You know the flop method? Dear God, speak to me. Well, it fell open to the end debt, so I guess that's what the Lord had for me today. Wow. If you use that flip method, that flip and flop or flip and find method, you might just, might just flip right by such indispensable, irreplaceable nuggets as Micah. Study note number one on, uh, or number one on your study notes, ask a question. And the question is this, are these Old Testament minor prophet brochures important for modern day Americans? And I'm talking about people like yourself. Are these passages in the Old Testament, are they important for us today? Now the answer to that is either yes, no, or, or I don't know. Yes, no, or I'm not sure yet. But I want to say to you this morning that indeed these passages are important to us. Listen again to Micah chapter 1, the first part of verse 1. Follow along with me. It should appear on the screen if you don't have your Bible. And it says this, the word of the Lord. Is that what it says? The word of the Lord. You've got to know that this is important when it says the word of the Lord. And it's the word of the Lord given to Micah. My research has helped me discover that Micah means who is like Jehovah. Jehovah is speaking through one who is like Jehovah. Micah. And here's what he says. Look at verse 2. Hear, O peoples, all of you, listen all earth and all who are in it. Now think about this with me for just a moment. Even if, the big if, even if a word comes forth to another person and that word is from God, you have to know that that is significant. You understand what I'm saying? You know, Patrick and I are out on a long walk over on the Dick and Willie Trail and the word of God comes to Patrick and not me. You got to know that's still important because God is speaking to Patrick. Does that make sense a little bit? Okay, so to say nothing of that which is addressed specifically to us. Now, let me say this. This is going to sound like I'm jumping just a little bit, but I'm not. I'm going to make a point. God is interested in every minute detail of our lives. I believe that. Whoever you are, you may be here every Sunday. This might be the first time you've ever set foot in this building. You may not have been paying attention up to this point. Woo! But I bet you are now. Whoever you are, God is interested in every minute detail of our lives. I believe that and I preach with that conviction. Pastor Terry, what do you base it on? You better have some Bible. Well, you know I do. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. One of my favorite chapters in all of the Word of God. Verse 26 says this. Look at the birds of the air. I'm a simple man, but I do what the Word of God says. I look at the birds. I love birds. 
I come out of my house this morning. You, what, you know what's the first thing I heard? Gee, I'm feeling good. All the little birds singing. He tells us here to look at the birds. Why? They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I had a really interesting experience Thursday evening, I think. It may have been Friday evening. But a little wren has built a nest in this little flower pot thingy on our backyard that I've got another thingy sticking in. And somewhere or another, he figured out a way to, to build a nest or she filled, figured out a way to build a nest and laid some little eggs. And apparently the little eggs have hatched out. So I was sitting out there reading Friday evening, as the case might be, and I heard this noise. This bird was cutting a shine, as they would say back home, and flying all around. He'd come by my nose. He'd go back this way, and he's chirping and carrying on. Finally, he kind of lit where I could see it, and there was a big old bug in its mouth trying to get to that nest to feed those little baby birds. Now, I think that's the coolest thing ever, and I watched it. And that little bird would fly off into the woods. Then it would come back with a bug or a nice juicy worm in its mouth. God was taking care of those little birds. But you know what? Not one time did I see a worm or a bug just fall out of the sky into that nest. The mommy had to go get it. She did. God takes care of those little birds. Isn't it incredible how God does that? That bird doesn't have a job, doesn't have an employer, doesn't draw a check, but God takes care of that little bird. Listen to this latter part of this verse. He says, are you not much more valuable than they? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is absolutely. You, whoever you are, are much more valuable than those little birds. God cares about every minute detail of your life. God is interested. Listen. But he doesn't, God doesn't put forth small talk. You understand small talk? God doesn't put forth small talk. Number two on your study notes, God will, and I believe this, God will listen to my, and he will listen to your small talk, but his words are always weighty. His words are always timely. His words are always thought out. You know how sometimes we say, well, that just slipped out? God has never said that just slipped out because it never has. It's always thought out. His words are always eternal. They are inspiring. They are righteous. They are holy. I could go on and on and on. Let me let God teach it to you this way. He said through Isaiah the prophet in chapter 55 and verse 11, this is important, beloved. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. Look what he says. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it out. God sends his words out for a purpose. Job said it this way. As a knight, and I, it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around this sometimes, but Job said, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. In other words, he's saying, I'd rather hear from God than eat. What he's saying the psalmist put it this way, and the words of the Lord are flawless like silver refined in a furnace of clay, purified not once, not twice, not three times, but purified seven times. 
How many of you know that's pure? That's the word of God. Now, put on your imagine hats with me for just a moment. You got them on? Say amen if you got your imagine, if you have your imagine hat on. Just imagine with me that you are deeply in love with someone, and I trust that every one of you is. Suppose that you are deeply in love with someone, and that someone is deeply in love with you. I can't help but think of Sister D. Oh, I love her more than a hog glove slop, and she feels the same way about me. We love each other. Can you imagine if Sister D would shoot me an email or a text or back in the day, and some of you youngins, this is a history lesson for you, we used to write letters back and forth. When Donna was at East Carolina University, oh, I'd go to the mailbox and there was that, that envelope. You could smell it a half a mile before you got to the mailbox and get a letter from Sister D. And I didn't love her nearly as much then as I do now. But can you imagine getting a piece of uh, a letter text, something or another like that from the one you love? Are you going to just glance at it? You're just going to skim over it. You're just, you know, you're just going to scroll through it. You're just going to look at like every other sentence or every other paragraph as a case might be. No! A letter like that, you're going to hang over it. You're going to hover over it. Am I telling you the truth? You're going to, I almost said salivate. You're going to salivate over it. You're going to hang on to every little jot and tittle. And that which is true for me, I believe is true for you. Boy, you want to read that when it's coming from your lover. You want to know that they love you and what they say is important. Amen? Listen to me. From in the beginning of Genesis to amen, come Lord Jesus of Revelation. And all in between, this is God's word. The Bible is God's word to each of us. Brother Patrick, one of the reasons why we support the Gideons who put the Bibles out there is we believe that that word of God is for everybody, even those who don't believe in God yet. That's why we support Gary Wright and World Renewal in rural, uh, that uh, ministry. That's the reason we support him. We support him. We can't say it, but we support him because he's planting the word of God out there, and it is for everyone. That makes it personal. That makes it relevant. That makes it timely. Even, watch this, especially these portions, which might initially appear to be irrelevant for men and women of our day. You might be thinking, Old Testament, Mike, I've never heard tell of Micah. What's up with that? But those words are placed there, beloved. They're placed there for us for a reasoned application. Whoever you are, I believe that. That's why I spent decades preaching the Word of God on the radio. It wasn't because I like to hear me talk. Trust me, after you edit about four programs, you're sick of hearing you talk. That's why we've been in television ministry now for, goodness, I don't know, for a long, long time. That's why we have Gabe sitting down here running that camera on Sunday morning. It's not so I can go home on Sunday afternoon and look at me. 
but we believe that this word of God is sent out for a purpose, even for those that we may never see. We don't know whether they're hearing it or not, but we know that somebody is, and it will accomplish what God purposed for it to accomplish. Listen, beloved, God spoke all creation into existence. This blows my mind a little bit. I'm headed to number three on your study notes. From nothing, from nothing, something came into being at the behest of God's spoken words. That's power. So, told you that to tell you this, the very nature of a prophet and a prophet a real prophet is God's spokesperson. God tells them what to say and they say it. The very nature of a prophet, in this case Micah, the man from Morsheth, is that they learn their speech from God. Mr. Peterson says, quote, this word is the presence of God which is purposed to enter the mess of human sin to rebuke and renew, end quote. Can you imagine with me? If you eliminate the Bible, if you eliminate this word of God from your life, just how hollow and hopeless and directionless you will be. Think about that. Take the word of God, take the Bible, take the church out of your life and just how hopeless and helpless and directionless you will be. Left to our own devices, our own words, our own thoughts, we are a hot mess. Amen? We are. Well, one of the awesome things about Church, and I'm not just talking about this building, but the forever family of God. One of the, the awesome things about church and one of the awesome things about the preaching of the word of God and one of the really neat things about Holy Spirit anointing is that it, it, it provides a sense of foundation. It provides a sense of direction. It provides a sense of motivation. It provides great hope that I'm not left to my own rambling, ignorant words in the coming days. So what's going on in the world that would prompt God to inspire the man from Morsheth to write to some folks in Ridgeway, Virginia some 2,700 plus years later? Fill in number four with me. Much of the minor prophets, again called minor because of their size, not their content. Much of the minor prophets are simple, straight up warnings. Warnings. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor Terry, why do we need so many warnings? Warnings, warnings everywhere. Warnings. Warnings are so cold, aren't they? Warnings are so calloused, almost insensitive in nature. Warnings just do not take into an account our feelings at all. Isn't that true? 
Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Let me suggest to you this morning, can I see your eyeballs? When a house is on fire, and God forbid that yours ever catches on, on fire, but when a house is on fire, you do not concern yourself with the feelings of an occupant that had purpose to sleep in that day. I felt led one day, years ago, to go home for lunch. At that time, I didn't go home for lunch. I went somewhere else for lunch, and I had lunch, whether it was on the calendar or not. But I felt led to go home. So I rolled around the corner over there on Covington Lane, and something caught my attention in my neighbor's house. That house no longer is there, but then there was a house above me. And I says to myself, Self, something don't look right about that house. Smoke is not supposed to be coming out of the event in the soffits. It, was it, was, it wasn't on fire at that time, but there was a fire somewhere. And I, I went, when I realized what was going on, I, I just ran up there. And that was before my heart stints. I literally ran up there. and My neighbor's car was in the driveway. He worked graveyard. And when his car was at home during the day, you know what that meant? He was in the bed. So I go running up there thinking my neighbor's in this house and I get to the front and it, the whole house is just engulfed in smoke. The house caught on fire and burnt to a crisp. My neighbor was not in there, thank the Lord. But let, you got to know, if he had been, I would have done anything that I could to get him out of there. Can you imagine a guy waking up with a... Have you ever heard the fire alarm going off? Have you ever heard the fire alarm in here? Oh, my goodness, it's deafening. You never heard such a racket. Can you imagine a fire alarm in a house waking a fellow up from a dead sleep? And him getting up, instead of running out of the house, he goes and he finds a broom and he knocks that thing, takes a handle and knocks that thing off the wall and on the floor and stomps it in a million pieces as he is now gasping for breath. Can you imagine anything like that? Listen, beloved, you don't concern yourself with people's feelings when there's a fire going on. You do what you have to do. Are you with me so far? That's serious business. People have perished in house fires. It's serious. I said that to say this. God is serious. Look at your neighbor and tell them God's serious. Look back at them, ask them if they knew that. So if you didn't know that, why'd you ask me that? God is serious, watch this, about his holiness because he is holy. That's his character. He didn't just decide to be that way like we have to. He is holy and he's serious about his holiness. He is also serious about man's sinfulness. Are you with me? Serious. The Bible presents to us the full orb of what we need to know regarding God's holiness. Stay with me. I want you to know and understand that it isn't the, the truth about God's holiness isn't hidden between the lines of the Bible. Much rather, it is proclaimed clearly, crystal clear, by the words of the Bible. You don't have to read very far until you find out that is true. 
Now, man has a tendency, men, women, boys, and girls, we have a tendency to stay away from words regarding God's holiness or at least to read those words with somewhat, a somewhat resistant demeanor or attitude. Similarly, even though every last one of us in, here in front of me this morning and all of you listening by, by way of live stream, beloved, all of us have a dog in this hunt. We tend to avoid conversations regarding our own sinfulness. You with me? Look right here. We tend to Avoid conversations regarding our own sinfulness. Oh, we love to talk about other people's sinfulness, don't we? But not our own. You know what they did? Number five on your study notes. We would rather talk about our physical accomplishments than hear about our spiritual shortcomings. Does that make sense? Let me tell you what I did. That being said, it is very important for each and every one of us to contemplate our spiritual condition. Listen to me. It's very important that we take a look introspectively at our spiritual condition quite frequently. Why is that? Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. Let me do so by asking you this. Are you reading and studying the Word of God? Does it mean anything to you? I know a lot of people are reluctant to read the Word because not only do we read it, it will read you. And some read it and they come away like, oh man, this is getting a little too close to home. I don't like the way the Word reads me. Are you understanding the Word of God? It behooves us to contemplate our spiritual condition from time to time. And the way we do that is by reading and studying the Word of God and allowing it to enlighten us to speak to our need. And I want to put that before you right now, whoever you are. I want to encourage you to read the Word of God. Uh, not only read it by yourself, for yourself, but read it in light of the study of others and the experience of others. The Bible is unlike other books. And some others you may be able to read and study and comprehend just what's going on, but the Bible is interpreted by Holy Spirit, and it doesn't have, hurt to have someone who is full of the Spirit or Spirit baptized to be able to help you know and understand just what's being said. I trust you'll take courage with those words and find that confidant to read and study the Bible with, to know it, and to be able to share it with others in due time. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who turned on this telecast, and I pray that in the power of the Spirit, by your word, you would teach us some things. Teach us more about you. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, before I get out of here, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activity. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock is our primary worship celebration. Also Wednesday night, Family Ministries Night. 7 o'clock. We'd love to see you for any and all of these activities. Bring your Bible along 
and study with us. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. I want to remind you, my friends, that Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?